Hello, it's time to build your empire. Sophie Zolman, owner and founder of Sophie Zoe Virtually There For You, is sharing the secrets to building a better business and taking back your time. Let's get started. Hey everybody, welcome back to Building Your Empire with Sophie Zoe. We're always looking for the newest ideas and the most advanced tools to help us build our businesses, right? And that's smart because new things come along every day that make our jobs easier and our businesses better. But today, we're not going to talk about something new and revolutionary. We're going to discuss an old standby that has been around forever, the newsletter. Okay, okay, I know what you're thinking. Newsletters are old news, pun intended, haha. Who puts out a newsletter in today's digital world? Smart business owners, that's who. Yes, newsletters fell out of fashion for a while there. As printed materials dwindled, it looked like the newsletter might have outlived its usefulness, and many companies stopped producing them or never had one to begin with. But as relationship marketing has become more and more important, the humble newsletter is making a major comeback. If you're looking to build your connection with your customers, a newsletter is an easy, inexpensive way to do it. Still not convinced? Okay, let's start by talking about some of the many reasons you should have a newsletter. So like I said, newsletters are an excellent relationship building tool. That's why they've been around forever. They've obviously changed form a bit. No more mailed brochures these days. But that email newsletter still packs a punch. Your newsletter tells your customers more about your company. It gives them an opportunity to get to know you better. That email is a personal touch point that shows that you want to reach out and connect with your customers. When you send out a newsletter, you fill it with helpful information, interesting stories, useful tips, and even special offers. This shows your customers that you care. You're taking the time to gather all of this content that will be interesting and useful and package it into a neat little email just because you love them. You're not selling, you're just keeping in touch and keeping them informed. And you'll discover all sorts of benefits that come from building that connection. First of all, a newsletter makes your company memorable. When they see your name and your updates in their inbox every week, it's going to keep your company at the front and center of their mind. And when they're ready to buy, who do you think they're going to call? It gives you a leg up on your competition who might not realize how valuable a newsletter really is. Your newsletter also shows your customers that you truly know your stuff. You're sending them all of these awesome tips and tricks or wowing them with interesting blog posts and articles. And that's establishing your reputation as an authority in your field. You're boosting your reputation and building trust among your audience with every edition. Relationship building is a huge benefit of having a newsletter, but it proves its worth in other areas as well. If you want to improve your web traffic, start a newsletter. You can post articles, offers, or some of the highlights of a recent blog post. Then include a link to read the whole story. Newsletters are an effective way of ensuring that your website gets plenty of repeat visitors. I read a statistic recently that said 30 to 70% of the people that visit your website never come back. Y'all, if 70% of your visitors aren't coming back, that's a serious problem. You need a gentle reminder that steers them back to your site and a newsletter can do it. Include links as well as a clearly defined CTA button that stands out from the rest of your text and directs them to your website, blog, or landing page. 
And for those of you who may not know what a CTA is, it stands for call to action. You want to call them to action to click a link and go somewhere that will drive them to your website. Links aren't just a good tool for increasing web traffic. They can also help you build your audience on social media. Including links in your newsletter to your social media profiles is a great way to increase your followers, boost your brand awareness, and expand your reach. Plus, every subscriber you get helps you build your customer database. And every business owner knows that building your list is priceless. Newsletters are starting to look like a smart strategy after all, right? Okay, so now let's talk tips for writing a newsletter that people want to read. First and foremost, your newsletter needs to be short and simple. Nobody has time to read a novel about what your business is up to. You want to start with an eye-catching headline that draws your reader in and makes them want to learn more. Plus, that headline is going to be the main thing that readers see in their email preview. You want it to be captivating enough to inspire them to open it in the first place. Simplicity rules when it comes to newsletter design. It needs to be attractive, professional, and easy to read. So don't go crazy with graphics or colors or multiple fonts. However, you do want to keep the look of your newsletter consistent with your brand's vibe. So keep that in mind when selecting colors, images, and tone of voice. Most of your readers will be checking out your newsletter on a mobile device. So make sure you're optimizing it to look its best on the small screen. Single pane designs are better for mobile use. And if your newsletter has multiple segments, make sure each one is clearly defined with different background colors or division lines that clearly stand out. Include a table of contents as well, if it's long enough that they need to jump to the sections accordingly. You do want your readers to find that information that they're looking for quickly and easily. It might take some time to discover the perfect look and layout for your newsletter, so don't be afraid to test different options. Try out different design options. See if a GIF works better than a photo. Test how your audience responds to videos, too. Over time, you'll find what makes your customers respond favorably to your newsletter. And once you've got your design down, you're going to need some content to go in that newsletter, right? So let's talk about some of the things you could feature in your newsletter. If it's your first edition, you can start with the story of your company. How did you start your business? How long has it been around? How has it changed over the years? What does the future look like? These are all great ways to introduce your business and get readers interested in learning more. Another great way to welcome in readers in your first edition and all future editions is a letter or note from the president or another key team member. It doesn't have to be long, and it definitely shouldn't be. Just a brief note to thank them for reading and share some of the great new things that are happening in the company. It's really fun to show readers what's going on behind the scenes, and that can take a lot of different forms. You could do a video tour to show them where the magic happens. You could spotlight a team member with a short interview or bio. A newsletter is a great place to keep readers apprised of upcoming events or new product or service launches. You could let them know that you'll be speaking at a conference or hosting a webinar or guesting on a podcast. And speaking of podcasts, if you have your own, it can be a great source of newsletter material. Include a monthly episode guide or a bullet list of the highlights of your last episode. And don't forget to post that link to the episode. Tips lists, case studies, industry news, 
blogs, and articles are always good choices for newsletters, but you can have fun with it too. Post polls or surveys. You're far more likely to get a response to an email rather than a social media post, and this can actually be a great source of feedback. If you'd like to get personal with your clients, make that a part of your newsletter as well. Share a favorite quote. Talk about the great book you just read or that great movie you just saw. Share your favorite Spotify playlist that helps you rock your workday. Remember, this is all about building relationships. And the more your clients get to know you, the more they trust you. As you can tell, you have a lot of options for newsletter content. But what if you can't find time to write it? That's totally okay. Do not be afraid to delegate this. You can turn to a copywriter to create the entire thing right down to the letter from the president. Don't worry, I won't tell. If you do want to give it a personal touch, but writing's not your thing, think about shooting a short video to welcome your readers and share the great things on your company's horizon. Your virtual assistant can be a huge help if you choose to include interviews in your newsletter. They can conduct short interviews with team members, clients, or industry experts and edit it into a newsletter feature or turn it over to a copywriter to put the finishing touches on the piece. And don't be afraid to reach out to your customers for newsletter material. User-generated content is great in any format, so ask a question and ask them to send a short video response. Or tell your readers to submit questions and create a Q&A segment. So there you go. Everything you need to know about creating an awesome newsletter in one little episode. Are you convinced that newsletters aren't an outdated old relic? I sure hope so. I promise. No matter what format, layout, or design you choose for your newsletter, you're going to be glad you did it. This is one of the easiest, least expensive ways to build a lasting relationship with your customer, and it will absolutely pay off. So if you've got questions or you're interested in producing a newsletter but aren't really sure where to start, give me a call or shoot me an email. I'd be happy to give you some tips or hook you up with my team to get the ball rolling. And as always, you can visit me at sophiezo.com or on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Alrighty, that's all we've got time for today, but I'm really glad you tuned in. Be sure to come back next week when we'll be discussing how to build a better blog. You'll get tips on everything from content to style to scheduling, and you won't want to miss a single one. We've got some great stuff for you. So I'll see you next week. Hello, it's time to build your empire. Sophie Zolman, owner and founder of Sophie Zoe Virtually There For You, is sharing the secrets to building a better business and taking back your time. Let's get started. Hey everybody, welcome back to Building Your Empire with Sophie Zoe. I'm so glad you're here because we got a lot to talk about today. Guess what? Summer is over or almost over, and that always seems to be the time that things start to get really, really busy. For some of you, your kids are going back to school, and they've got after-school activities and homework and things that demand a lot of time. Some of you have kids that are going back to school virtually, and that adds a whole new level of stress to your day. Now you're not just running your business, you're a teacher as well, and that's a lot to take on. Even if you're not dealing with the back-to-school rush, you know that as summer ends, we've got busy days ahead. So as we say goodbye to the dog days of summer and welcome to fall, we're going to talk about making the most of your productive time. You love your business, but you don't want, to, want it to monopolize every waking moment. 
So it's imperative that you set your work hours and make them count. So let's start with your schedule. First of all, you've got to have one. When you work from home, it's very easy to let work creep in where it doesn't belong. Before you know it, you're checking emails at dinner or missing out on family time because you're still stuck at your desk. That's not cool. There might be days that you have to work later or finish up a project on the weekend. I get it. It happens to all of us. I have weekends where I work. I have evenings where I work late. Sometimes it just happens. But that should, not be the, that should be the exception, not the rule. For the most part, you need to set regular hours such as 9 to 5, 8 to 4, 10 to 6 if you're a late sleeper. Um, you could even put in a longer day of you know, 7 to 5. It just depends on what works best for you in your life. Once you set those hours, stick to them as best you can. When your work hours are over, close your computer, step away from your desk, and go live your life. It's a lot easier to stick to those working hours when you have a time management plan to get you through each day. You'll be far more productive if you map out your day in advance. Either begin each day by creating your schedule that goes hour by hour or end your day doing the same thing for the next day ahead. Identify your goals for the day and determine when and how you'll accomplish them. For me, I actually have multiple tools that I use to manage my tasks each day. I have Google Calendar that I have blocks of time blocked out for very specific things, either something that I do every day, the calls that I have scheduled with clients or sales calls. And sometimes I put little reminders on there to make sure I get something done. Then I, in my email, I have tags and labels that also are triggers for me to know when I need to do something and, and when I need to do it in some cases. But most of all, I have Asana as my project management tool. And I use that to put all my tasks in, especially my recurring tasks. But anytime I know I need to get something done, I put everything in Asana. And that is my task list. That and my Google Calendar. When you're doing this, you should set aside blocks of time for each task that you need to complete during your workday. Prioritize the most urgent ones so they get done even if something takes longer than anticipated or your schedule gets disrupted. Trust me. It happens all the time. When you map out your day, you'll make the most of every hour and you won't have to worry about anything falling through the cracks. Your to-do list, wherever it is, can be monitored by yourself as your day goes along. And this works for big projects too. I mean, obviously you won't be able to finish everything in one day, but you can break it down into smaller steps and create a timeline to complete each one. Bigger projects must be chunked down into smaller projects, and it should be chunked down as small as necessary to be able to have it be an easy project to manage and to do. Assign a day and time to each step, but be sure you keep it realistic. You're probably not going to be able to dedicate several hours in a row to a single task. Hence, chunking things down as small as possible and mapping it out little by little. You'll finish your projects by the deadline without ridiculous amounts of stress or giving up your personal time if you can make this project management work for you, breaking it down as small as you need to make it happen. Scheduling your workday works really well as long as you stick to it, but let's be honest, working from home has its distractions and it's so easy to find yourself wasting time. You might get distracted by dirty dishes in the sink or you might spend a little too much time on social media. Raise your hand if you're guilty of that. I'm raising mine. 
For me, the distractions are social media, email, and because I work from home, my husband works from home too, he'll come into my office randomly, and then we have a dog and my youngest daughter who is going through school uh, for esthetician training is home too, and sometimes she'll come in and out or she'll come ask me a question. I get it. You know, things happen. So this is where a time audit comes in handy. you got to take a few days to really track your activity. What's stealing your productive time? Is it household chores? Either do them before you begin your workday, save them for after work hours, or set a time during the day that you tackle a few tasks. It's okay to schedule laundry in your workday as a part of your daily schedule or your weekly schedule, just to be sure you have a space for getting it done and you don't just randomly jump into it when you need to be doing work. Same thing with social media. If you find yourself falling into a Facebook hole or an Instagram spiral, you've got to set some limits. Block off time for social media, but when it's over, get back to work. And if that is not enough, set a timer. Use a timer function on your phone. Use Alexa if you have it. Get an egg timer. Whatever it takes, get a timer. Set it for the amount of time you've blocked off for social media. And when that buzzer goes off, you're done. When you recognize your distractions, you can find ways to minimize them and maximize your productive time. This doesn't mean you should never take a break. The Shining taught us that all work and no play makes Jack a dull boy, and things didn't go so well for them. I'm kidding, but really, breaks are essential. Studies have shown that taking regular breaks actually ups your productivity. The key is to schedule them so that you don't find yourself taking too many or skipping them because you're too busy. Trust me. You can use breaks as an escape to get away from work too and not get stuff done. Be sure you're taking breaks, but not too many, and make sure you're sticking to it. Your body needs a chance to get the blood and those creative juices flowing, so schedule a mid-morning walk or an afternoon brain break. You'll come back refreshed, energized, and ready to work. For me, I usually get away from my desk to do things for the dog because he needs to be let out. He has medication. Uh, There's lunch break, of course. I get up and I go to the kitchen and that's one of the dog's medication times as well. And he goes outside after. Um, And then there's just, you know, times where I will go out on the deck and sit in the sun or, you know, for a few minutes and just soak up the rays. Whatever it is, walk away from your desk. Though I do have one at my desk break, so to speak. I have one of those adjustable desks. I push a button and it raises and then I stand up. And that gives my body a break too, because I'm standing at my desk doing things on my computer. And though I'm still working, my body is getting a break from sitting. So if you have the ability to get one of those desks, it's a great thing to have. So now a schedule is a great place to start, but where you work matters almost as much as how you work. If you're still working from your kitchen table, it's time to upgrade your workspace. In an ideal world, every business owner would have a quiet, secluded office space away from the daily chaos of family life. But we all know this is not an ideal world. For me, we bought this house with office space in mind. My husband has his office space downstairs. Mine is on the main floor. And then the bedrooms and all the other rooms are separate. But if you can't do that, that's okay. You've simply got to do the best you can with what you've got. But carving out some sort of space that's yours and yours alone is essential for maximum productivity, especially for those of you that are going into another season of distance learning. 
you're going to have a lot going on at home and you're going to need a quiet zone for work and phone calls and everything else your workday brings. So let's talk about creating a workspace that increases your productivity. The main thing to consider here when choosing a work area is finding one that's as far away from the hub of your house as you can possibly get. You love your family dearly, but it's hard to work in the midst of the chaos. If people are coming in and out of your space all day long, it's going to be incredibly distracting and you'll get less done. If you've got a spare bedroom or bonus room, that's awesome. You have dedicated office space just waiting for you. If not, you might have to get a bit more creative. Working in your bedroom isn't ideal, but sometimes it's your only choice. So a desk tucked away in a corner will suffice. But also, I've seen people get really ingenious with tiny offices and closets or even carving out some space in the garage. Once you've found the space for your desk, keep it organized and keep it going in that way. Listen, if you're working in a closet, you do not have a space to be messy and you don't have time to waste looking for things. Clean up your workspace regularly, toss old papers, organize online files, and be sure you delete what you don't need and throw away what you don't need. The more organized you are, the more productive you are. For me, I am a very, very digital person. I don't do much paper saving or what have you, so to speak. I definitely keep everything as digital as possible. I even have a digital notebook that allows me to take notes take a picture of it with my phone that then automatically sends it up to my Evernote app, which is a online digital note-taking app. And then it wipes away like a whiteboard. It's so cool. It works great for everything I need it to do. So now you have your space and it's so neat and organized. What's next? Noise canceling headphones. Did you hear me? Noise canceling headphones. Y'all, they are seriously a lifesaver, especially if you've got a, a spouse working from home and kids learning at home. These things will keep you focused because you won't get distracted by every little noise. You get a lot more done when you're not losing your train of thought every five seconds. Plug them into your computer and play a little music if that won't distract you. Some people like to listen to podcasts in the background. That's an option. You can be listening to this in the background while you're working, but it helps you tune out all the outside noise. So now you've scheduled your day, you've got your awesome office space, ready to get down to business. That's fantastic. You're going to accomplish so much. But there's one more piece to the productivity puzzle. And it may sound counterintuitive, but the best way to maximize your productivity is to not try to do too much. Yes, I know. It sounds a little crazy. Like, okay, Sophie, how am I going to get my job done and not do too much? First of all, you're going to delegate the stuff that takes up too much of your time. You are vital to your company and your time is incredibly valuable. If it's eaten up with email and scheduling and admin duties, you can't focus on the big things. You can't focus on the things you do best and you certainly can't focus on the things that matter most. If you're not delegating those tasks, start immediately. Yes, I said immediately. If you don't have a virtual assistant, you need to get one like yesterday a week ago, six months ago. If you have one, make sure you're using them effectively. You're using them enough. If you've got a great VA, they'll be able to lighten your load a lot. If you've delegated as much as you possibly can to your VA and you still need more support, it's time to add, your add to your team. Congratulations, that's awesome. 
That means that your business is growing and thriving and you need more people to keep it on this awesome trajectory. Delegating is the first step to saving your sanity and lowering your stress. When you delegate the things that are consuming your workday, you take back your time. And when you take back your time, you can do more of what you love. You can step into your genius. You can take time away. You can find time to do other things that are not business related as well. That's why you started your business, right? To have more time to do what you love? That's why you're going to delegate the stuff you don't love. Those are the first things that need to be delegated whenever possible. If you hate it, delegate it. Then you're going to use that reclaimed time to take care of yourself. That could mean going relaxing on weekends, spending time with your family, going to pursue hobbies and take trips. Your stress levels are going to go down and your happiness is going to go up. And you're finally going to be living the life you dreamed of. For me, I like to play games on my iPad because I have a few little, you know, app games that I like to play. My husband and I love to sit down and binge watch TV shows. Yeah, I know that's not the most creative thing in the world, but in these COVID times, you know, that's a lot of what you got to do. We can't go places and do things near as readily as we could, but we also have an awesome deck on the back of our house where we can sit and have a glass of wine and chat. We can barbecue. We can also do other things like read books. And we do occasionally go out to dinner, uh, even with COVID, so that we can get out of the house and do things like that. Um, And of course, once COVID lets up, my favorite thing to do is go to the beach and go to Universal Universal Studios Harry Potter. I am a Harry Potter fanatic, and I love to go there, been multiple times, and continue to go back regularly. So let's review. If you want to maximize your productivity and maintain set working hours, you're going to do three things. Number one, set a schedule for every single day. Whether you do that in the morning, before you get started, or in the evening for the day ahead, doesn't matter. Just make sure you're doing it whatever way works best for you. Number two, create a quiet, organized workspace. Even if you can't have a whole room to yourself where you can shut the door and hide away to do your work, find some space as far away from the center of chaos in your home and use that as much as possible. And in that case, be sure you have some noise canceling headphones to help add additional blockage of the noise. And number three, delegate tasks so you can make time for self-care, family time, weekends, vacation, whatever you want to do that is not business related. Delegating tasks allows you to focus on what you do best and what matters most so that you then have time to do the other things like have fun, spend time with your family, etc. When you do this, you're going to be more productive than ever and you're going to have more time to enjoy the rewards of all that hard work. If you do this, you can enjoy life, you can enjoy business, and be happy in both. And your family will love you for it too, because they won't see you always working, always working, always working. So that's a wrap for today. Thanks so much for joining me, and be sure you tune in next week, because we're going to be discussing social media content. We're talking about how to create the, contents your, the content your audience loves to build an active, engaged online community that comes back to you more and more for your expertise, your sharing of inspiration, and buying your products and services. Don't miss out. See you next week. 
Thanks for joining me for another episode of Building Your Empire. For more tips on business building and living your best life, check out our website at sophiezo.com or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and Twitter. Have a great day.